just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. We are back on the Rational Boomer Podcast, another special show. We have a guest, a listener guest. It is Fred. He's been on the program before. Now, Ed was supposed to be with us, but Ed forgot about it, and he's out running around someplace else. But Fred and I can handle this alone. Fred's been on the show before. The show went great. This one's going to be even better. I'm guaranteeing it. And at the very least, Fred, (laughs) I know you're going to do better than Mark did. (laughs) Well, that's not really a high bar to... to, No. Well, you were one (laughs) of the guys... You're you're one of the guys who sent. I got so many emails. It's it's a funny thing. People, I got so many emails going. That was so hard to listen to. I hated that. I could only listen for listen for thirty or forty minutes. And some people said the same thing when I talked to Brian. But you know what's ironic? <laughs> the two most listened to shows I've done in four hundred and seventy six shows are those two shows. Yeah, it's like it's like watching a car accident. You can't take your eyes off of it, but yet you got you got to keep looking. I mean, it's just that's what it was. It, that's what it was for me. I mean, I, I've had colonoscopy prep that I've enjoyed more, but yeah, no shit. Um, but it just reinforces what you've said all along that they don't have facts; they just have rhetoric. I mean, I've dealt with Republican leaders in my area; they they don't have facts; they just have rhetoric. They're they're, they're, just... they're they're like the cowardly lying on Wizard of Oz. They look and they act fierce, but when you get in their face, they shy away. They cower. They're chickens. They're cowards. And I think if once people understand, first of all, they're not very bright and they're not very tough, then we take away all the mystique about them, and people don't have to be afraid of them anymore. I think people... People on the left give them far too much credit, which gives them power, and that's why they're able to perpetuate this bullshit. Agreed. I mean, you've said it before. We've we've all said it before. They talk longer and louder, and then it gives off a perception of of toughness when, in in essence, you just – like you said, you punch them in the snout, and that's the end of them. I mean, I I knew exactly where the podcast was going the other day when he (laughs) talked about being – legally blind and poor i'm like oh shit here we go (laughs) yeah (laughs) well that's it you know when he first came to me the reason i got him on the show is because he caught one of my lives and i don't do very many lives and these trolls kept saying well you just don't want i i tell people don't talk to the trolls because they're just going to fuck up the live and you just don't want to talk about it you're afraid so i said okay Tell you what, if you really want to debate me, if you feel strong enough to do that, email me. We'll put you on the podcast. He was the only one. I give him credit for doing it, but it was ill-advised, I think you found out later. Um, because because they're narcissists and they're arrogant, they think they're smarter than they are. And uh, they walk into something. Uh, they're used to getting in people's faces and bullying and rolling over the top of them. And I know that. I've had a father like that. I've dealt with people like that. I know the best way to do that is before they even can think about it. And you notice how he's talking really low and slow. He thought he had a strategy. But the moment I got in his face, 
He chickened out. He backed off. And I knew we would oh, do that because they all do move that. on to the next thing. Let's move on to the yeah, next yeah, thing. Yeah. Mean, let's agree <laughs> to disagree. Fuck you. No, yeah. let's answer this. Anyway, we don't need to talk about Mark anymore. He's a fucking joke. I'm glad you're on here because as we get closer to the midterms, I get more and more concerned. We've got a few stories that are out there. I don't know if you heard this story. The New York Post had somebody hack them. And when they hacked it on their website, they posted racist things, misogynistic things, anti-Semitic things. They even called for the assassination of AOC and Joe Biden. They thought, oh, my God, we're hacked. But then they find out they weren't hacked. It was an employee. And let's wonder what kind of political affiliation this person has and did he do it as some wild fucking stunt or did he do it because he was encouraged by somebody higher up the chain over and above that did you know that there are over a hundred lawsuits pointed at an election that hasn't even fucking happened yet there are already a hundred lawsuits for the midterms and it hasn't even been counted yet and it's mostly 90 percent republicans that gives you a an idea of where all this shit is going. Uh, Democratic uh, candidate Katie Hobbs in Arizona, her uh, um, her headquarters was broken into, and they go, well, we don't know who it is yet, what his reason was it for. Well, let me tell you something. A crackhead doesn't break into a, a, a political headquarters expecting to find cash and fucking jewelry. That's We know who did that. And then, of course, the last thing, is the vicious attack on Nancy Pelosi's husband in his home with a hammer. Now, we know there was no burglary. No money was taken. He was just beaten to a pulp. And they're saying, we don't know who it is yet. By the time you hear this podcast, you may know what the story is. And I don't give a fuck what the story is. I know this had some political ramifications. I mean, these people have been ranting and raving, kill Nancy Pelosi. They went to the Capitol saying they're going to kill Nancy Pelosi. They they will threaten to kill their own people if they have the audacity to testify against them. So we know what this is about. It's not random that Nancy Pelosi's house got picked and not robbed, even though she's very wealthy, and her husband gets beat up. He's 82 years old, and it's done with a hammer. This is really setting the tone for the climate of this country, I think. And here's here, here's what I'm going to suggest. People never think this, but people voted for Joe Biden, not because Joe Biden was great, because they were afraid Donald Trump would take over. Those people are still afraid. They are going to come out in mass and vote in the midterms. I'm certain of that. But if by some chance the Republicans actually win the House and maybe even the Senate, these people are going to be even more afraid. They've been told that their democracy is gone if the Republicans win, so they are going to be desperate. And if they continue with this kind of behavior, we could see some violence but it's not from the right side. I, I, I'm thinking people are so scared about the future, their kids, their grandkids, we could see violence on the left side. I don't know what you think about that. I, you know, and I, I, I have, if you'd asked me maybe a month ago, I said, no, you know, I, it's just not how we do things you know, us on the left. But 
But when you, the whole thing of when you, they went in, when you go into someone's house with a hammer, I mean, that's just, you're not going to rob stuff. You're, you're going to inflict harm on somebody. So now that they've kind of amped things up, because yeah, like you said, we know what, what that, what that's all about. We know that, you know, they got marching orders from, from somebody higher up. I mean, it hasn't, it's not public yet, but I think it'll be a matter of time. And the, and the Trump fucks will scream like, Oh no, you're, you're just uh, projecting onto us. And we had nothing to do with it. But I, I, I could see at, at this point, like there being more violent protests, you know, like, uh, if, if Republicans do take control of Congress, I mean, I, I still think that the Democrats will hold the Senate. I'm a little more skeptical of the house just because of all the gerrymandering bullshit. Um, but then at the same time, you see what's going on in Georgia where hundreds of thousands of people are voting, setting records. It's just, but, but like you said, there's already lawsuits happening. You know, a lot of these elections are going to be challenged. One's happening right here in Illinois. It has to do with mail-in voting. Um, cause we have a law in the books that was passed, I think in 2015 that says a mail-in ballot can be counted up to 14 days after it's after election day, as long as it's postmarked, there's somebody challenging that. So like, and there's, like you said, all the other lawsuits happening, people just challenging shit that hasn't even happened yet. Well, you know, and, and, and the reason I'm concerned about violence from the left because of all the fear and all the problems. I'm not a violent guy. You know, when I was young, I got my share of fights and tussles in the schoolyard and stuff like that, but I'm not a violent guy. But when I sit and listen to somebody like Mark or Brian on, uh, on the show or somebody in person, it does anger to me to the point where I want to slap the fucking taste out of their mouth. I mm-hmm. mean, it's almost like it's necessary to get them to think, right, they're so far off, their mind is so perverted you don't even know what to do with these fucks. And if now, on top of it, they're attacking people on the left physically, how long do people put up with that? Especially if they think they're losing their country. They don't. I mean, that's what I, I happened mean, look, in the Civil War. Yeah, I was going to say, look at the Civil War and, and to a lesser extent in the 60s, you know, with the Civil Rights Movement. Right. There was a lot of violence. Yeah, and... I, I just think, yeah, I fear that's where the, where we're headed. I mean, I, I I like to think that we're relatively safe where where you and I live. We're in pretty blue areas, but you know, it's um, it doesn't matter what area you live in if if, if fascists control the government. Well, exactly, exactly, and 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 uh, I always have this problem, and I've brought this up before. How people will say, "Well, you know, everybody votes with their pocketbooks. Inflation is high. Gas prices are high." I never understand that reasoning. Okay, you don't like inflation. Okay, you don't like gas prices being so high. So instead, you're going to switch to white supremacist, racist, anti-Semite, misogynist, insurrectionist. That's your better call to go with them because you're mad about gas prices. I can't believe people are that fucking stupid. It, it no, I, it's amazing to me how how stupid people can be because I mean basically. If you vote Republican, you're okay with higher prescription drugs. You're okay with the planet being destroyed. You're okay with your politician dictating how your pregnancy should be. You're, you know, you you don't care if Social Security's gone. You're okay if corporations don't pay taxes. And you know, and it, it, 
that's basically what you stand for if you vote Republican. And you think inflation's bad, wait till if one or any of those things come to being. I mean, I don't think people understand what a big deal Social Security is. You know, it's uh, my parents both get Social Security. You get Social Security. Yeah. I'm hoping I'll get Social Security. But, you know, it. I paid, you know, between what my wife and I have paid into it, it's like – if we don't get anything out of it, it's like, well, at least give us the money back that we put into it. So that's a significant amount of money, but that, that won't ever happen. Yeah. Well, I, I'll, I'll tell you that. I'll tell you this, Fred. I, when I was in my teens, people talked about Social Security and they'd look at me and they go, well, you're so young, you're never going to get Social Security. But here I am getting Social Security. I think taking away Social Security and Medicare is going to be an extremely difficult thing. And this is one of the things I don't understand about the Democrats. It's almost like they're trying to to tank the the elections. They come out and they overturn Roe v. Wade prior to the midterms. One of the dumbest moves anybody's ever fucking done. That can't help. 70% of this country support Roe v. Wade. And then on top of it, they come out and they say they want to take away, they literally say they want to take away Social Security, Medicare, and all these other entitlements, as they call them. Now, they want to own the libs, but Roe v. Wade, Social Security, impacts a lot of Republicans, too. They're shitting on their own people to try to own the libtards. That is not a good strategy for getting votes, and that's why I can't understand, even with gerrymandering, that they can win elections come November. I just don't get it. That, that's what I'm, I'm hoping for. You look at the turnout of some of the early voting. I mean, it's uh, that's when there's more people voting, it, it, it uh, is an advantage to the Democrats, and that's what we're seeing in Georgia. And I know... You know, I'm not so concerned about Illinois, um, but I have seen early voting numbers here are a lot higher than they have been in, you know, typically in a, in a midterm. So that's what gives me hope. But I, I think either way, no matter what happens, there's going to be or more more so if if the Democrats keep control of the House, if they keep control of the Senate, we're going to deal with the same bullshit we dealt with in 2020. The elections were rigged. The elections were stolen. There's going to be countless lawsuits. But I think at, at that point, I think you're just going to see the one-off people, you know, doing stupid shit like that guy in Ohio tried to break into the FBI office. I think we'll see more of that. Yeah, the individual uh, crazy fucks down again. Yeah, yeah. But it is a little scary what happened to Paul Pelosi and then the guy from the New York Post. And you're seeing stuff like that, that it's it's uh, it's more out there than I think a lot of people realize. And, and I'm guilty of that, too, because I live in a pretty blue area that I don't, we don't see a lot of you know, Trump 2024 signs. I mean, if any, um, and most of the signs in our neighborhood are the democratic candidate, but it, it's out there. Well, the aggression and the volatility we're seeing around these political parties is like nothing we've seen before. I mean, over the years, Republicans and Democrats have fought back and forth, but nothing like this. This has taken it to a, an extreme level. And that's why I'm concerned about it. You know, the, uh, these people, if if I sit and talk to a, a Trumplican, not the ones that were on the shows, because they really couldn't do anything to intimidate. So they, they, they didn't do anything. They just backed away. But if you're standing in front of somebody, you can see somebody's face turn red and just froth because you have the audacity to disagree with them, even though you hold the facts and they hold bullshit. Uh, people are angry about this. This whole country is very divided, obviously. But 
I see. I tend to think that the Republican Party, and this is another aspect of the election, the Republican Party is split too. There are people who see what's going on now and just can't abide by that, even though they are Republicans. They're either not going to vote or they're going to vote Democrat or independent or whatever, but they're not going to be in line with insurrection and treason and, and fucking violence. I, I'm, I'm, I'm convinced that there's been enough of this exposed that they're going to step away from it. And I think it's happening. Adam Kinzinger uh, in, in my home state, Illinois, he has uh He's endorsed Democrats. Yeah. And I think Liz Cheney may have done for one also. Yes, she did. And you're seeing that more and more that people are just, we've had enough. And, uh, you know, it just, it just seems like the, the, the MAGA group, there's more of them than there are because they're louder than everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. You know, exactly. you look at, you look at the, the Donald, the Trump rallies. And they're very crafty with the camera angles and, and hiring people to be behind uh, him when he talks. But if you really look at like a, a realistic picture of people who go, there's not that many people there. No. <laughs> well, you know, everybody says, oh, the polls, oh, the polls. And I always argue against the polls because the polls said Hillary would beat Donald Trump. The polls have said a lot of shit over time. The polls didn't reflect Joe Biden winning by seven million votes. They they aren't accurate. It depends on who they're sampling, how many they're sampling, and it's usually not very accurate. It may give us a baseline to figure it out, but I don't think these polls tell us uh, or, or they're based on turnout. That was the big factor in the 2020 election. An unprecedented amount of people turned out. Joe Biden got more votes than any president in history in spite of the fact he isn't a real exciting candidate. And I think the turnout changes everything when it comes to the polls. It won't be as close as what people think. And, and then you throw in the fact that I think there is kind of a upheaval in the younger people. You know, the millennials certainly, but even the Gen Zs. They realize that these old fucks are making decisions that are going to impact them. Because you and I aren't going to have kids. We aren't going to have be involved in abortions directly. Generally, well, you're younger than I am. Who knows? But no, that I'm, ship sailed. <laughs> yeah, my my ship sailed too. So, so we got all these old people deciding what we're going to do with abortions, and none of them are 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 uh, are having sex, let alone abortion. At least sex that they're not paying for. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but but I, I'm. I've heard some things, and I, I'm hoping against hope that these young people say, all right, fuck it enough. We're stopping these old people, and we're going to vote. I'm hoping that's the case. I had a heart-to-heart -heart with my niece a couple weeks ago. She's 21, and she's always voted Republican because that's how her dad voted. And I said to her, I said, look, you know, if you're voting Republican, you're voting against yourself. She's like, well, I don't know. I don't really follow politics. I said, well— all you really need to know is, is a lot of these are, I said, if Republicans take control of, of the legislative branch and the executive branch, they're going to outlaw abortion. And she's like, well, I don't plan on, I don't know if I'm going to have kids. I said, it doesn't matter. Let's say on accident, you get pregnant and you really, really want, you decide you really, really want the baby. But there's a, let's say it's an ectopic pregnancy or there's a genetic defect or something. And the baby is not going to be viable outside the womb, but you can't have an abortion because you didn't find this out till 20 weeks or something. And I said, she's like, well, they can do that. I said, they absolutely can. And they will. 
She's like, oh, I never thought about that. She's like, well, well, how come prices are so expensive? That's that's Joe Biden's fault. I said, no. I said, is Joe Biden responsible for high gas prices in England? Well, no. I said, exactly. I said, it's just rhetoric. I said, and it's, it's her stepmom that spreads a lot of this bullshit to her. And I said, look, I said, I understand your stepmom is a way of, you know, she thinks. But I said, you got to do your own research because she's just spewing rhetoric. And I said to her, it's, it's, I, I don't, you know, I'm not, I'm going to love you either way, no matter which way you vote. But I said, just be leery of voting Republican because you're voting against yourself. So you're having to replan Christmas now, right? <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Fred said this, stepmom. Right, right. Tell him no, he can fucking stay home. No, that's why uh, we, we leave town over Christmas. We avoid good. all that conversation. Good move. Good move. Yeah. You know, I, I have a sister and a brother-in-law that are big Trumplicans and it was two or three Christmases ago that when all, all hell broke loose because the guy just couldn't stand that I had the audacity to say the things I do. And I haven't really talked to them since. And, and uh, it's a sad thing when, you know, I, I, I've, I've, I've watched, I've talked to people. Well, I was talking to Joel and he was saying he had a good friend and they never really talked politics until one day they did talk politics and, and, and Joel just said, look, I, I, I can't hang out with you anymore. I, I, I can't be your friend because of, of of this crazy shit, you think. And 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 it's a sad thing, but I'd rather be separate from somebody who is trying to drag this dark cloud over everybody's head and hurt this country. Uh, because as I've said many times before, it's hurting the country for my kids and my grandkids. And that's just too much. That's not forgivable to me. Right. I, you know, first I got to, I should have mentioned this earlier, but Joel, the podcast with Joel, it was uh, probably one of my favorite uh, shows with the listener. Um, you know, Ed used to be my top, you know, guest, but he, he blew us off today. So he blew us off today. Fuck him. Yeah. Fuck Fuck that guy. (laughs) Um, but just, I mean, he made a comment, Joel made a comment, which really resonated with me. He said, we're all alike. Yeah. We, we really are. I mean, it's, uh, and, and, you know, like how you said, you were probably made racist comments when you were a kid. I guarantee you I made racist comments when Absolutely. I was a kid because that's because that's how our family was. And now I look back at some of the stuff that we said. I'm like, oh, God, that's appalling. But the older generation, I mean, you've outgrown that. But people, you know, my my family members, older family members, they still make comments. You know, right. like, uh, you know, I remember it, when I was in college, I was dating a Mexican girl and I'll never forget. My uncle came up to me and said, how can you date a Mexican girl? How could you date a wetback? I'm like, and I just, I didn't know what to say to him. You know, I'm, I'm 22 years old and I'm like, uh, you know, how do you react to that? Well, but, yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I have told the story where I lived in South Minneapolis. My grandparents were living with me. I love my grandparents. I love my grandmother. Um, but I came home one day with a friend of mine And another friend who happened to be a black girl, very pretty black girl. And we were just all friends. We were going someplace or whatever when we walked in. And as we're walking around, my mom doesn't care. I mean, she's not questioning anything. She's not racist at all. But my grandmother, who grew up in the 20s, which has a lot of bearing on what people's opinions and thoughts are, she walks up to me and she says, "Uh, so Mike, uh, is that your girlfriend? I go, oh, no, I wish, man. She's beautiful. But no, she's not my girlfriend. She says, okay. She walks away. 
And then after my two friends leave, she comes up to me and she says, Mike, uh, would you do me a favor? <laughs> I said, sure, Grandma. What do you What do you need? And she said, if you ever decide to marry a black girl, make sure I'm dead first. I go, what? <laughs> <laughs> Now, now, keep in mind, my grandmother didn't die till she was 97 years old and I was in my 50s. So I always look at my wife. I said, you could have been a black girl if my, 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 my grandmother had died yeah. earlier. But, 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 th- but that was the attitude about it. And when you hear something like that, you go, fuck. And when you're a child, that does have an impact on you. Uh, oh, but I, sure. I, I did a lot of things when I was young. I, I, I drove drunk all the time. When I was in my late teens and early 20s, it was the 70s, early 80s. Everybody did. That doesn't make it right. That doesn't make me horribly scared when I think back at those times. We all fuck up. We all do bad things. It's those people that don't learn a lesson or gain some intelligence and change their ways when they realize how fucking stupid it is. I mean, we've all had that time where we've driven home. And then we wake up the next morning like, how the fuck did I get home? Yeah. And I've, I've told my son, I mean, he's only 13 now, but I said, I don't care how old you are. If you're 15, 16, I said, if you're drunk and you need a ride home, I said, call me. I'm not going to be angry. I said, just, I'd rather you call me and we'll deal with that than me having to bail you out of jail or God forbid worse. And, you know, that's, I said, and I said to him multiple times. And he said, don't worry, Dad, I won't ever do that. I said, I, I understand it, but I'm, I, I, I just want to stress that to you. I don't care the situation you're in. If you're in a situation where you don't feel comfortable driving I, or, or anything, I will come get you. And we'll deal with whatever it is later on. And, well, I, you know, I, I didn't do that when I was a kid. I still drove. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I, had, I have a son that's in his mid-30s, a son that's going to be 29, And I went through those fears, too. And they said, well, I would never do that. I said, let me tell you something. You go to a party. Because this happened to me many times. You go to a party. They get a keg. Okay, you're drinking beer. You can handle beer. But what they don't tell you is that there was a sale on malt liquor. And there's decidedly a big difference (laughs) between drinking eight glasses of malt liquor and 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 eight glasses of regular beer. I said, when you get in that states, you're going to make some poor choices, and this could be one of those poor choices. So you need this ingrained in your mind, no matter what. You do not fucking drive. Unfortunately, yeah, yeah. I was lucky with that. But if you remember nothing else when you're blackout drunk, remember that. Yeah, I mean, I, honestly, what scares me the most, I remember literally getting up in the morning. <laughs> it's funny, but it's scary. I get up in the morning, walking out to my driveway just to make sure there are no dents in my car. Yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. That's fucked up. Yes, yeah, That's truly is. fucked up. We were talking about uh, Roe v. Wade here. Yeah. And before we went on, you said you, you're going through kind of a personal experience with this. Not you directly, but somebody you know. Maybe you could impart that, uh, that story. Yeah. So my wife... Um is a veterinarian in the area and, and she's uh, got as one of the technicians there. Um, she, they've worked together for years. She, she's the one who watches our dog when we go out of town, you know, she's, you know, just a, a good friend. And she found out uh, a couple months ago, she's pregnant. She's very excited. Their first kid. Um, so, you know, she's been doing all the, 
the stuff that, you know, sometimes my, I remember my wife did it. She had to get reading every book, getting the house ready. Right. Uh, all that stuff. Well, she got a call from her uh, OBGYN yesterday and she found out that one of the blood tests detected an abnormality. And this genetic, it's a genetic abnormality. It's basically an extra chromosome. So they can, and now I, apparently they, they still do an amnio, but they don't, they can pretty much know before now because they've got the technology now. So basically they know there's a 90% chance that this baby is not going to survive to term. And, and the 10% chance that the baby does survive to term, they won't live very long outside the womb. So, you know, obviously she's devastated and she's upset. And, you know, my wife gets done telling me the story. I look at her. I just said, thank God we live in Illinois. We don't have to, she won't have to drive three states over to get medical care for this because the only treatment for this is if, if the med, if the genetic uh, abnormality is confirmed is abortion. And, you know, as, as sad as it is, but. You know, obviously, if she lived in, say, Florida, she where does she go? Where would somebody go? Yeah. So that's why I'm thankful we live where we live because not because my whole thinking was, well, I probably won't know anybody that, that that affects them, but now I do know somebody that it affects them, and you know, it's like my wife was never really political until Roe v. Wade was overturned. Then she said, "Where's my get me really? an absentee ballot? I'm gonna, I'm going to vote." Well, and I think I think that is the game changer here. I think, you know, it's funny when they overturned Roe v. Wade, everybody was upset. But like everything in this country, there's always something else to distract you or make you more appalled. So some of the heat, at least from my perception as an old white man, some of the heat on Roe v. Wade seems to have settled. But I've been married 39 years. I know women never fucking forget. I know when I get, I told people I get in an argument with my wife. If I lose, that's the best outcome. If I win, now I start suffering through (laughs) all my misdeeds from the eighties forward until I'm pounded into a oil stain on the ground. But, but I think this Roe v. Wade is going to have far bigger impact, um, than people even realize. It's kind of settled down now, but women have not forgotten. You take away a constitutional right away from anyone, let alone women, you got a fucking problem. People are going to fight like hell over that, and they're going to come out and vote. We've seen it in Georgia and some other places. More women, more votes in general coming out. That's That should be a signal that uh, things aren't quite as they seem with the polls. Yeah, and I'm kind of like you with the polls. Um, I followed them until 2016 when the polls were completely wrong. And I I mean, I kind of noticed them in 2020. uh, But when, I mean, I think what made me realize polls were worthless was when Joe Biden won Georgia and Raphael Warnock and uh, John Ossoff both won Georgia. I'm like, well, (laughs) obviously they're wrong. And, and, And to a lesser extent, where I live, there's a, uh, our local, uh, or sorry, our, our, uh, U.S. House seat. Uh, there's a, a Trump Lican running against our, uh, the incumbent. I think he's been around probably 10 years, but he posts on his Twitter. And I think I mentioned to him, uh, mentioned about him in an email I sent to you about how 
he wanted to defend himself. So he's like, give me a call thinking I wouldn't call while well, I did. We ended up talking for an hour and I wish I had recorded it. Um, but basically he did an internal poll from his campaign. I think they polled like 300 people and he was down by like 2% and he posts on Twitter how it's a toss up. Yeah. And, you know, he doesn't have that many followers, but two of us were like, dude, you interviewed 300 people. And it's from your office. So, right. I mean, let's think about that. So, yeah, so I, I don't really uh, get caught up on the polling anymore because, I mean, just this morning, it, it, they were in the news. They were talking about how uh, Chuck Schumer is got caught on a hot mic talking to Joe Biden about how he's the, the uh, Georgia is going downhill. We're going to lose Georgia. You know, it's how do you, you lose you gotta, Georgia? Herschel fucking Walker. If you vote for oh, Herschel yeah. Walker, you got to be an idiot. Yeah. Did, did uh, Herschel Walker uh, have another woman come out and say he paid for an abortion during the night? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you yeah. wonder with you he, wonder with him. He drove more people. He, are, he, he drove yeah. her there. I mean, I'm almost at the point where I say if you vote for a Republican and a Republican wins, you deserve what you fucking get. You're not yeah. going to like it when it's all said and done. And don't come whining to me because you fucked up because you weren't smart enough to do research and figure out what the fuck is true. I'll say this. I uh, I watched the debate the other day with John Fetterman and Dr. Oz. And, yeah, John Fetterman had his struggle. But the guy is only a few months removed from a stroke. I'd much rather have him in office than a slick-talking carpetbagger like Dr. Oz. I mean, Absolutely. it's like – and I and I think I, I I read I don't know I haven't verified this but I read that John Fetterman after the debate got a million dollars in donation so obviously you know it, it's it, and it's it's ironic that a doctor would make fun of someone who had a stroke that's yeah. a whole other yeah that's a conversation that's a, you know one of the things I brought up here before and and I'll see if you agree I get very annoyed by the media because I think the media is very much like WWE wrestling. They're trying or or like a bookie. They're trying to balance it so there's always some turmoil or drama. They want it for the show. They want it for how it looks. They will not give you certain things that uh, are true and maybe give you some things that aren't true just to perpetuate the turmoil. So it's more exciting leading up to the midterms. Um so I don't know that they tell us exactly what's going on. First, they said the Republicans are going to win. And they go, oh, no, the Democrats are coming up. They're looking good. And now the Republicans are going to win. I feel like they're just playing us all to suck us into the drama so they can get more viewers come election night. Because they make a lot of money on election night. Oh, for sure. I mean, uh, how many people were watching John Karnacki on uh, election night? But to your point, it's. It's a lot of wordplay, too. Uh, I got an email this morning from from the Chicago Tribune, and it's, you know, breaking news. Federal lawsuit threatens validity of potentially tens of thousands of Illinois mail-in and military ballots. Well, it's it's a it, they filed. A, I, I mentioned it earlier. They filed a federal lawsuit challenging potential mail-in ballots. But just the headline. Yeah. Federal makes it sound ominous. Threatened makes it sound terrible. But there's precedent that. This this is type of lawsuit has been thrown out before, so just that and it, it, it I'm guilty of it too. It sucked me in to read the, the the article, but then when I 
independently verified it. I was like, or went to another source. I'm like, oh, well, there's precedent behind this. It's not, it's not like all of a sudden tens of thousands of mail-in ballots are going to be thrown out. So, um, and that's what the media does. The media doesn't yeah. inform. They don't uh, employ journalism. There, remember back in the seventies or even the eighties when we had the regular news. It was straightforward. It was a Walter Cronkite, the the uh, Harry Reasoner, and all that kind of stuff. But then you always had these shows like Current Affair, which was tabloid mm-hmm. news. Now it's all tabloid fucking news. There is no straight news anymore. I mean, AP and NPR and BBC do a pretty good job. But the mainstream places that people watch is all tabloid bullshit. It's all it's all uh, slanted and twisted and all prepared to get you to want more. It's like, it's like potato chips and pop, you know. They salt the fuck out of the potato chips so you drink more pop. Uh, it's just, it's frustrating when you see it because it, the media is so damaging to this country. They are part of the reason for the divisiveness in this country because nobody has the same fucking story. It's all different stories. I mean, you heard it when, when I talked to Brian and Mark. I would state a fact that everybody knows that's common knowledge. And what would they say? Well, I've never heard that. How could you have not heard that? Everybody knows it. But we've got a country of ill-informed people on both sides. Yeah, it, well, I remember growing up in the, in the 80s, my dad would come home from work and we watched the local news. And it was actually Bill Curtis. I think he became more national. Yeah. And then later on, it was Lester Holt, who does NBC Nightly News now. Um, but we watched the news every night and it wasn't. It was just this is what happened. And that was the end of it. And now it's like everything's sensationalized. Like I can't, you know, I'll, I'll stop by my parents' house. My dad is like obsessed with watching NBC nightly news. And I'm like, they're just trying to scare you with, with half this stuff. I mean, you know, everyone doing this and that, Oh my God, the country's burning down. It's like, no, they're just trying to scare you. And you know, it's, it's just, it's too much. Well, it's it's personally, uh, it's really egregious when you're talking about the elderly folks, because it's not that they're dumb, it's not that they don't understand, but they've been conditioned most of their life that these people giving the news are trustworthy and respectful, should be respected. That's how they were trained coming up, because those people were. Now they've had this ingrained in their mind. If they're on TV and they're given the news, we've got to trust them. It's like a guy coming up in a cop uniform. Oh, we can trust him. He's our friend. But that's not the case anymore. You don't know who your enemy is out there. And I think, to a large degree, the media is our enemy. Even if it's, we're talking about the left side, because they misinform us, too. Yeah, they tell us what they how, what they want us to think, how they want us to think. And, you know, they th- that's how they generate their ratings. I mean, a perfect example, my, there's a, a law that's going into effect called the Safety Act here. I don't know if you've heard anything about it, but. No, the right wing media is spinning it as, oh, there's all these offenses. They're getting rid of cash bail. They can't hold people for second degree murder, for rape, for battery. And then my dad was echoing that the other day. Well, I heard on the news. I said, no, I said, that's not what it is. I said, they're putting more emphasis on proving that there's a danger. I said, but a judge, his hands aren't tied. A judge can say, I, I ordered this person held on bail. But I said, it's not. They, oh, no, no, I heard on the news. I said, well, you might want to do a little more research because this bill is not going to say 
someone who kills somebody and is arrested for second degree murder is going to be back on the street later that day. I said, is it possible? Yes, of course. It's possible anywhere, though. Um, but it doesn't handcuff judges like the, the right wing media is trying to make it like it is or any media, really. They're trying to put fear into us like, oh, my God, the Safety Act is bad when it really doesn't change a whole lot. I tell you what, we're going to take a quick break. And I have a story that just came up that refers to the Nancy Pelosi, Paul Pelosi thing. Oh, good. You won't be surprised by this. Let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. We are back on the Rational Boomer podcast. And when we broke, I I told about a news story that just came up. In the beginning of the podcast, we were talking about the uh, animal that broke into Nancy Pelosi's house and beat her husband with a hammer. Everybody's presuming, well, is it political? Is it political? We don't know yet. We don't know yet. And uh, I think some people, especially the Trumplefox, were hoping the fa- God that it wasn't political. Well, this is a story that just came out from the Washington Post. Apparently, when the assailant entered the house, he shouted, Where is Nancy? before attacking the House Speaker Pelosi's husband at their home. The person briefed on the case said the husband of House Speaker Nancy Pelosi was attacked during an early morning break-in in the couple's San Francisco home, her office said Friday. So clearly, this was a targeted attack. And this targeted attack was against Nancy. He was looking for Nancy. He just took her husband because he happened to be there. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see how the Republicans and the Trump fucks try to spin this. Oh, it's not political. Nancy's just a bitch, so it was probably somebody from the grocery store that was just mad at her. It's fucking ridiculous. This was clearly I, targeted and clearly political. And, you know, I, I was reading, you know, and this is just stuff I've, I've seen. I haven't uh, verified any of it, but supposedly around her house, their house, there's security and they have security cameras. So it would seem that the break-in would be odd in that situation. Cause I can't imagine she wouldn't have private security or any, you know, no security at their house. So, or a fucking gated community. Right. Right. So that, you know, lends to a whole nother thought process. Like where, how did this person get access to the house? Well, that's interesting. So the next thing is, you know, we talked about this. Uh, there is going to be these crazy fucks that do these random acts. Was this a random act? Now, I'm not saying Donald Trump was behind it, but the Oath Keepers could have been. The Proud Boys yeah. could have been. Some other fucking rogue faction of people, a group of people, turning this into a conspiracy as opposed to just some crazy act. Now, we don't know which one it is. Uh, and some people might say, well, it's just crazy to think that the Republicans might be involved or some group might be involved if there's a conspiracy. Really? That sounds crazy? You know what sounds crazy is a bunch of people planning and attacking the capital of the United States of America. That sounds crazy. And to have somebody behind this to get this guy to go after Nancy Pelosi doesn't sound that fucking crazy based on the shit we've seen. No, and it, it's, it's, yeah, it just, it doesn't pass the, the sniff test. You know, it, it's, uh, it just seems random that, it, it, it seems oddly not random that, that he would barge in and say, where's Nancy? And yeah. then attack her husband. 
you know, I mean, yeah, maybe, maybe it was just some random guy, like the Ohio guy, you know, figured out how to get in. But I, I find that really hard to believe because of who she is. I mean, she's third in line for the presidency. Yeah. I, I, I can't believe that there would be no security in place that will allow this guy to just move in and go with, you know, however he, however he got in. I, I don't know how he got in the house and it'll be interesting to see what, what comes out over the next couple of days and, and how it's spun by the Republicans. You know, what was interesting, I never thought about this before, but somebody brought it up to me when they attacked the Capitol, they were very clearly saying, um, kill Nancy Pelosi. They were trying to find her. We know they were trying to find her and what they would do to her after they found her. Who knows? But they were also saying kill Mike Pence. They had a they had a gallows. They had all this stuff. And initially, we, we would think that, OK, they're mad at those two because they're their biggest adversaries in this situation. Mike Pence didn't do what they wanted them to do. But think about this. When you talk about the line of succession with Nancy Pelosi, you have the president, you have the vice president, and you have the Speaker of the House. And they wanted to kill the people that were just under the president at that point to create more chaos and to give him more power because now he doesn't have to address the vice president until such time there's a new vice president or the Speaker of the House. I don't even know what happens in that situation. I mean... If the president and the vice president somehow die at the same time, then the Speaker of the House becomes the president. Now, if the president dies, the vice president becomes the president, and presumably they appoint another vice president, as they've done in the past. So it takes a while to get to the House Speaker. Some extraordinary things have to happen in quick succession in order for the Speaker of the House to become president. But it's funny that when they went after these two, they picked those two, and they happened to be the next in line of succession to take over as the president. You wonder if there wasn't some thought put into that. Oh, there was absolutely some thought put into it. I mean, it's uh, there's just there's just no way. I mean, it's uh, I mean, yeah, there's a long succession. I mean, there's you know, every cabinet member gets is has a, a peck is in the pecking order who becomes president, but. It, there's a lot of things, like you said, that have to happen for that to actually happen. So for Nancy Pelosi to become president, there's a lot of things that would have to happen very close together. So the fact that they were targeting Mike Pence and Nancy Pelosi, yeah, it, they were trying to create a constitutional crisis. They had different avenues they were pursuing. And I and I guarantee you it was thought out by the the Trump fuck lawyers and they they were thinking okay if we do this this and this it's going to create a constitutional crisis Trump can declare martial law and he'll he'll remain in power well you know you know you remember back I think it was Reagan remember when Reagan got shot mm-hmm. and the vice president Bush I assume it was was somewhere out of the country and remember who stepped up and said I have control I'm taking control. It was General Alexander Haig, who happened to be the attorney general at the time. This dumb fuck didn't even know the succession. I don't know who the Speaker of the House, maybe Tip O'Neill or something, but I got to think that was straightened out very quickly. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I was young. I was only seven or eight when that happened, but I, I that's like one of the first major news stories that I remember. And I remember that uh, they showed a video of them taking George Bush and getting him airborne. 
right. uh, like almost immediately. Right. And I just could not like, well, why? Like, and I remember my mom trying to explain it to me. And um, so they have, you know, they obviously have, but that, yeah, I do remember that story about the, uh, the secretary of state saying I'm in charge. And they're like, Oh, it was oh, the secretary you. of state, not the attorney general. Yeah. yeah you're yeah. right. And he's like, no, they're like, no, fuck you. I, that's not, that's not how this works. And Tip O'Neill was a pretty powerful guy. So I'm sure he slapped the general down pretty fucking quick. Right. But, yeah. but, but it just strikes me strange that they have this fixation with Nancy as the speaker of the house. Yes. She doesn't like Republicans and she has a certain amount of power, but I don't know what it is that particularly upsets them about her. Maybe it's because she is as close as she is to the presidency. Now, the, the the fucking funny thing is, if somebody wanted to do something to Biden, now you got to deal with Kamala. Are the Republicans yeah. better off with Kamala? No, yeah. I don't I think mean, so. Who, you, where are you going to stop? I mean, then, then, you know, then I think it's the, after the, is it after the Speaker of the House? It might be the, uh, the majority leader in the Senate. I don't, I don't even know, but God, it's gotta be, it's gotta go that way. So, yeah, but I, I, my theory on why Republicans hate Nancy Pelosi so much is because she's a woman and cause she has power and they don't yeah. like that. Yeah. Well, that's that, why that, it's certainly why Trump hates her. Yeah. It's as simple as that. I mean, they, if uh, they want the handmaid's tale all over again, they want Nancy Pelosi to be a subservient woman and listen to her man. But you know, this isn't the 1700s. <laughs> so, yeah, well, we yeah, talked that, we, we talked about the midterms and all the things that the, that the Republicans uh, have done to fuck themselves, overturning Roe v. Wade, trying to take away Social Security and Medicare, uh, suppressing votes, marginal, marginalizing LGBTQ, and all the things, the corruption, the investigations, the indictments. Everything they've done is to screw themselves for this election. Some people have said that... Uh, Mitch McConnell just wants to tank the whole thing and hopes no Republicans win. And I, I thought, well, why would he want to do that? Well, it's kind of a cleansing. He, does, he, he doesn't want these Trump freaks in there any more than we do because it's destroying his party, the party that he has some power over. And he sees that if these people do take a certain number of seats, his power may be gone because Donald Trump doesn't like Mitch McConnell. So... You know, he's conceded the Senate, whether that will be true or not, we'll see. But but you have to wonder if some of the people like the Liz Cheney's and the uh, Kinzingers and the Mitch McConnell's have said, flush these fuckers out and let's try to get back to normal somehow. I would hope that's the case, but who knows? You, you, you don't you don't know. I mean, I, I would like to think that's what's going on. But then you see people like Kevin McCarthy, Ted Cruz. Um, you know, uh, Marsha Blackburn, all of uh, Rand Paul, all of those idiots. It's like it's going to take a lot of flushing to get them out. out. Um, <laughs> a plunger. I, I just don't know. Yeah, I, I just don't know how anyone could like Ted Cruz. I mean, it's I don't, I don't get it. You know, it, I mean, that's just me, I guess, and half of this country. But well, um, you know, I, I I I told you I made a plea on TikTok because I'd like to get Al Franken on my uh, podcast. But the best quote on Ted Cruz I ever heard was by Al Franken. <laughs> he said, I like Ted Cruz more than all of my colleagues, and I fucking hate Ted Cruz. <laughs> <laughs> 
I did. I haven't heard that before. That that's good. Uh, yeah, it, but I mean, he gets he, the guy gets booed at a Yankees game. He gets shouted at on the View. It's like you know, and then he laughs and he thinks he's above it all. Well, did did, really did just, you did you hear what he said? When, when, when he got booed and he's being made a fool of, apparently he enjoys it because Donald Trump does it all the time. But right. when, they're, when they're booing him and yelling shit and go to Cancun, his response was scoreboard because Houston was winning. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We did that in high school. Yeah, we did that in <laughs> high school. You're comparing a fucking baseball game to the future of this fucking country. It's unbelievable. I, I just, here's what I'm thinking. And, and I get pushed back all the time. People are saying, Oh, they're going to lose the house. I, I don't think they're going to lose the house. Cause I just don't know how that's possible. But I think we're at a turning point in this country, especially with the Republicans in 10 days, 11 days, when we have the midterms, when it's over, Everything changes. No matter how it turns out, everything changes. If the Democrats prevail, that will be the flushing point for Donald Trump. All his efforts to get his endorsees elected didn't work. Now, all of a sudden, Donald Trump is no longer an asset. He's not an asset. He's a liability now. And there is no loyalty in politics or business or anything else. Once you become worth nothing to them... You're fucking gone. And I have a feeling that's going to happen in addition to a lot of indictments coming out after the midterms. A lot of information is going to come out. That point, that midterm, once that happens, regardless of what happens, a lot of shit is going to come down and change. Yeah, I think it'll be very busy uh, come around Thanksgiving until the end of the year. But, you know, I got to kind of disagree with you on the Donald Trump being irrelevant because people have followed him this far. I, I feel like for whatever reason, people are going to follow him until he goes completely out in flames and they'll continue to follow him. I mean, well, it, they, it's, they will, but it's a, it's a smaller faction than it's really effective. You know, he has a base of maybe 25, 30%. That's not enough to win elections. Our problem was that the reasonable minded Republicans, the relatively normal Republicans, jumped on board just by virtue of him being a Republican. They weren't going to vote Democrat, so they voted Republican, no matter how vile that motherfucker was. But that separation will come at that point. I think, you know, if there's anybody, there's nobody more calculating and smart and even vicious than Liz Cheney. Liz Cheney set herself apart from the Trumplefucks. She she uh, sacrificed her job. But she's not worried because she what she thinks is she's going to be one of the leaders coming out of the wreckage, the phoenix, if you will, coming out of the flames, because Donald Trump and the Trump and the way they do things is not sustainable. It's just not sustainable. They can't change the world and change the country. And all of a sudden we're fascist. I don't believe that's possible. There'll be too much kickback. There'd be too much unrest over it. So she's saying, okay, we're going to clear these fuckers out and then I'll be the last person standing. And it might be a while before we win elections, but at least, <laughs> at least I have a place. Yeah, I would, I would hope so. I mean, I like Liz Cheney for her integrity. I would never vote for her. No, no, absolutely um, not. And the same with Adam Kinzinger. I like Adam Kinzinger as a person, as a, as having integrity, but I would never vote for him. 
Um, but yeah, it, it's, yeah, I was trying to explain to someone the other day, like all the problems like with the economy and a lot of the major problems have come from the conservatives. And he was arguing with me saying, well, the Democrats were the ones who, uh, who, uh, wanted slavery. I said, no, we need to differentiate that. I said, it's conservatives. I said, Democrats haven't always been liberal. And I said, you look at the Southern Democrats, they all join the Republican Party. And he's like, well, no, the Republicans, you know, they want to cut taxes. I said, well, yeah, that, that is true. I said, but what has that done for this country? Every, I said, let's just go back 30 years. Every fuck up in this country has been under Republicans. I mean, Reagan and Reaganomics and, and Bush, then Clinton brought things back and then Bush fucked it up. And then, you know, if Trump had gotten another four years, we would have probably gone into another deep recession um, by probably by now. I mean, why, why not? I mean, he would have probably run up the debt even more and, you know, here we'd be. So. Well, and that's the thing is, you know, we've got Republicans claiming to be conservative, yet they added seven trillion to the to to the deficit when they were in office. They aren't a Republican Party anymore. They bear no resemblance to the Republican Party and uh, and they don't exist anymore. And if the Republican Party, the few that remain, want to get it back, they have to assist us in flushing these fucking turds out of here. Yeah, a lot of work. It's a lot of work. And and if if I think I don't know if it was you or Ed that said it, we need two more Democratic presidential terms. And yeah, then we can. That was that. And then yeah. we can. Yeah, and then we can get the country on the right track because. I mean, people, my mom has said, and my mom is a pretty liberal woman for someone who's almost 80. Um, she did say, like, oh, God, if the Republicans win, that's it. I said, well, no, don't forget, we have Joe Biden for two more years. I said, right. it, it, stuff isn't just going to go away immediately. No. Because um, he's going to veto any of their bullshit. I said, if it's 2024 and we're having that conversation and then a Republican, yes, okay, then we should be more concerned. But I, I said, I honestly don't think after 2020 that would happen. I think we're just we're just too scared. I mean, I'm I, I, the day I got my mail-in ballot, and my wife was like, "Where's my mail-in ballot? Let's fill that out now." And my wife, I told you before, my wife has never voted, and she was making sure that that thing got taken care of the day we got it, and it's already been returned to the to the county. I mean, that's just that's what the Republicans have done. They've lit a fire under some Republicans, but a lot more women, and it's. Uh, I've always said this. I'm like, I, I would never fuck with my wife. If she's, you know, got something in her mind, that's, that's what we're doing. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, <laughs> it reminds <laughs> me, it reminds me of a cartoon. I, I relate to this cartoon so much. There was a cartoon in the Sunday papers. You remember when we got Sunday papers and there was cartoons mm-hmm. in the back and we'd always look at it. There was a cartoon called BC. Uh, and it was these cavemen in this oh, cartoon. Oh, yes. Yes. Okay? I remember those. Yeah. And there was uh, a caveman standing on a rock, holding a club over his head. And he said, I fear no man and only one woman. And that's how I relate. (laughs) I'm not afraid of anybody. And I don't even know why I'm afraid of my wife, but I would not get in a tussle with my wife. It's just, I can't win. It's just not worth it. I'm sure it's all just a look, too. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I told her, I said, you know, I'm pretty sure I could beat you in a fight, but I'm not. I, I'll do whatever you tell me. 
but, but end of the day, we love our wives more oh, than I, anything. And yeah, it's, uh, it, you know, it's, it, it's, it's funny because she'll just give me a look and I'll realize what I said, how stupid it was or whatever I did, which is how stupid it was. I'm like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> you know what, though? I, I did have kind of a, a breakthrough and a milestone. Um, I've, I've told people before, as much as I talk here on the podcast and on TikTok and whatever else, um, none of my family, save for my brother, because he's a fan, because he'd want to say the things I say, but he can't because he works for a big company. But um, none, of my, none of my family ever listened to my TikToks or my podcast. And, you know, the, the, what they say is, well, we hear you all the time. We get this shit 24 <laughs> hours a day. We don't need to fucking listen to your podcast to get this. But my son sent me a text the other day regarding the, the podcast I did with Mark, the Tramplifog. Apparently, one of my, my son's friends is a follower on Facebook, the Rational Boomer Facebook. And I knew that, I guess. And this kid I've known since he's five years old. You know, he's been around the house and... Um, well, what this kid did, he, he saw me promoting it. He went and listened to the podcast. Then he shared it with all my son's friends. And they all go, I like it. <laughs> Our friend's dad who did this, I like this. And so my uh, my son sends me a text and says, yeah, such and such, listen to your podcast, send it to everybody, and they like it now. I'm about 10 minutes in. And that's all he says. <laughs> but the funny thing is, I, tonight I'm going to see my grandkids because they're going to do a little walk through their little uh, downtown area for Halloween. So we're going to go up there and see the kids, and I'm going to see my son. It's going to be interesting to see what he has to say to me. But at least I broke through, and he actually listened to something I did. Yeah, you, he was 10 minutes in. Who knows if he stopped at 11 minutes? So, so <laughs> we'll, we'll have to find that out. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> What do you think is going to happen between now? We're talking 11 days before the midterms. It seems to get more chaotic as we get closer. Everybody is on edge. They're clutching their pearls. Now, if you talk to a Republican, oh, it's going to be a red wave, like 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 Mark did. I said, based on what? And they can't tell you. They just know it is, just like they knew Donald Trump would win in 2020, which he didn't. You can't really listen to Republicans because they they lie and they will spew rhetoric, hoping against hope that people will say, oh, they must be right. So I'll vote for them. But it doesn't work that way. I, I think we're, um, you know, if you had asked me a year ago, I probably would have been more concerned about uh, losing both the House and the Senate. But I'm of the opinion, like you, that. Republicans haven't done anything for two years. I mean, it, it's amazing. You know, Twitter is, is kind of like a time waster for me. But, you know, you look at the Republican representatives and senators on there and they just, you know, Jim Jordan every day, gas prices are $4 a gallon because of Joe Biden. Remember that. Or the left shut down your school during COVID. Remember that. But they don't offer any solutions. And and I called out the, the local uh candidate for my for the house district i said okay you sit there and you bash your opponent but what are you going to do and he he offers nothing right you know it's it, it's crickets and i know he sees it because he only has like 100 followers so <laughs> well he's uh, a powerhouse <laughs> right right 
So, you know, I think in the last, I, I try to not get worked up about where we're going. Cause I'll, I'll drive myself crazy. You go down that rabbit hole, you'll never come out. But yeah. I, I think, I, I, I think no matter what happens in the house and Senate, we still have Joe Biden for two more years. Was he my first choice? Absolutely not. But, you know, we've talked about it many times that he was not Donald Trump. So um, he's going to be in power for two years. But I do like what he and other Democrats have started to do. I, I hope it's just not too late. They've kind of started playing the Republican game and amping up the rhetoric and in, in, in the talk. You know, Joe Biden basically told uh, Peter Ducey, uh, from Fox News that you're irrelevant, you know, so I think we need more of that. We need to, you know, the ignore the they go low, we go high that Michelle Obama talked about. So I think, and, and honestly, you know, I think, um, you know, with John Fetterman, Republicans are trying to say, oh, he's not fit to serve. I think if anything else, that just ups his stock. Because yeah. we're, we're just angry. It's like, how could you make fun of a guy who had a stroke? Well, people and, love an underdog. And, right. And and you he gets the courage to go up there knowing he's not 100%. And to debate a smooth-talking Dr. Oz who, you know, sold fake diet pills. And so I like to think that, you know, in the next couple of weeks that it's going to get, yeah, it's going to get chaotic. But I think there's a calm after the storm that I think will it'll be positive for this country. I, I really do believe that. Well, you know, I, I, I've said this, I think, on TikTok, maybe not podcasts, but I have a way of dealing with things. My wife doesn't understand it. But I've conditioned myself to not worry about things I cannot control. Um, and right at this point, we've done all we can with the, with the midterms. What's going to happen is going to happen. And I happen to feel like it's going to be pretty positive for the Democrats. It almost has to be. But to sit and wring our hands and clutch, uh, clutch our pearls and do all this shit and worry about it, it's all pretty pointless. There are people just agonizing about what's going to happen. What people have to understand is exactly what you said. On November 8th, if the Republicans win the House, the world doesn't come apart. First of all, they don't take office until early January. So there's two months of activity between the time the election and when people take their seats. And then, as you said, Joe Biden is is there for two more years. <laughs> now, the problem for the Republicans is, you're right, they don't have any platform. Well, they have one plank in their platform. They have only one thing they do, and that's try to own the libtards. But in the process of doing that, nothing gets done for the people. They're, they're doing nothing to get people saying, ah, I like what you're doing. You know, when people say, well, they're better for the economy. Give me an example when every time our economy is done to shit, the Republicans have been in charge, and it's been the Democrats that had to bring it back. What's going to happen, I think, after the election is, let's say the Republicans win. Um, some people think, okay, the January 6th committee is going to be done with and all the Republicans will get off scot-free. Again, the January 6th hearings will probably end well before January. And the January 6th committee really doesn't have any authority to set indictments or anything like that. That's the DOJ. And as long as as long as uh, Joe Biden's in office, he controls the DOJ indirectly. Once it's in the court system, 
There is no congressman that can fucking stop that. It's going to happen. If they've been charged, they are going to go on trial and they're going to have to deal with the evidence that they're confronted with. The, the end of the world doesn't come on November 8th if the Republicans win. And I, I think that's what people have to understand. And, and, and I think a lot of people think it's over November 8th if they win. Even if they win, it's not over January 4th when they take office. No, I mean, it's, it's not. It, it'll be a lot like the last two years of Obama, though. Nothing's going to get done. Um, but it, it, it's just it's just mind boggling to me that that, you know, you look at what Joe Biden has done the last two years, the legislation he's gotten passed, including bipartisan legislation. And the Republicans are still screaming that, oh, he hasn't done anything. Tell me one thing he's done. It's like. I've got a whole list of things he's done. And but somehow you think he'd be better off under the Republicans. And what's even funnier to me is like the the infrastructure bill, Republicans who voted against it are going back to their home district and touting, look, look at this money I got you for infrastructure and all these projects. It's like, but you voted no. Yeah, exactly. So I, I just don't get how people think that nothing's been done the last two years. It's just too much Q OAN and too much Newsmax and too much Fox News, I guess. Well, the fact of the matter is uh, what Joe Biden's done in two years is far more than any president has ever done in history. I mean, what more do you expect him to fucking do? He's passed. I mean, I I wished he would have done th more things and, and, and the things he did better. But it's not Joe Biden's fault. You know, they always try to. But, well, if the Democrats have the control of the House and the Senate. Yeah, but. The Republicans have the option to obstruct everything they do, make everything a painful process, put everything at risk of being cleared, and then you throw in mansion and cinema, and it just makes it untenable sometimes. The fact that he got done what he got done with those hurdles is truly fucking amazing. And just imagine what could have been done if there was no mansion or cinema. I mean, it's uh, if you had somebody like a Val Demings from Florida and, or John Fetterman and John Fetterman from Pennsylvania or any combination of of uh, more progressive Democrats in office. I mean, it, it, I think Build Back Better would have been passed in a a lot uh, more helpful form than I mean, not saying that what was passed, the Inflation Reduction Act, wasn't helpful. But I mean, just imagine what could have been done. It would have been like a. a after what was the Roosevelt passed the, uh, the the New Deal? The New Deal, yeah. I mean, it would have been akin to that. Well, and that's not to say that can't be passed. And even with the uh, uh, student forgiveness thing, you know that that kind of blew up in these people's faces because they said, "Oh, they're lazy. We can't give them a break." But these are the same people, and Joe Biden pointed out the same people that got the PPP loans and got those forgiven. That made them look pretty fucking stupid, and there's no explanation for it. They just stand there uh, with their mouth open, and they they just act like it doesn't matter. This is where the ill-informed thing comes. They will spew things that are absolute lies, and for whatever reason, people will believe them. And that's that's really the problem in this country. We've got people that don't fucking get it. They don't understand the truth. In fact, they don't even care if they have the truth, as long as it pushes their agenda along. It, it's interesting you say that about the, the student loan forgiveness. I had a, a, well, I don't think we're friends anymore, but uh, we were friends since high school. And we were, you know, now we're just more, we're more friends on Facebook. And he posted about how 
he paid back his student loans. These people are lazy. Why can't they pay back the student loans? So, and I knew he was a small business owner. So I went on the, the website and I found that he had like a $74,000 PPP loan forgiven. Yeah. So I posted a screenshot of it. I said, Hey, is this you? And 10 minutes later I was blocked. <laughs> so, really? I mean, really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, you know, my, my wife will say to me, she'll say, well, some of these people don't like you anymore. Good. I don't fucking yeah. like them. I don't like bad people. And if they don't like me, I'm not hurt by that at all. I don't care. You know, you, you, we talked about our wife. Honestly, if I didn't have my wife, I wouldn't have any friends. You know, I'd have my family. <laughs> I don't hang out with anybody. My wife and I travel together. We go out to dinner together. I don't fucking hang out with the guys. The guys got other shit to do. But there are still people. Now, yeah, you said you probably aren't friends anymore, but it isn't you. It's him that yeah. doesn't want to and, be friends anymore. Right. And I just I just laugh about it. It's like, well, you know what? You just made my life easier. You know, I, I, <laughs> I mean, I, I think we've talked about it over the last two, three years that we the, the amount of people that we like have gotten a lot smaller. And yeah, no question. I'm totally OK with that. I'm totally okay with that. I mean, my like you, my wife and I, we like to travel and our son travels and with us, obviously, and he enjoys it. And I've got my family and I've got a handful of friends. I mean, we, do we hang out? Yeah, every so often. But, you know, it's it's, it's losing a guy who is obviously drank the Kool-Aid. It, it's, it, you know, it's fine. You know, I, I'm better off because of it. Well, you know, I, uh, next year I have a, a high school reunion. Well, how long is that? 45 years? Fuck. And I usually go to my reunions because there's a lot of people that I, I know and I haven't seen. Some I do see occasionally, and it's kind of fun. It's, you know, my wife doesn't like going because she only knows a few people. And I usually go. And right now, as I'm looking at this reunion coming up, I don't know if I'm going to go. Because as things have gone the past five years... I know there's a lot of people where I grew up that are Trump humpers, people that I were was friends with. And I just don't want to even be exposed to that because I can go in there and not talk about politics. But when they know what I do on Facebook, on, Twi uh, on, on Instagram, on TikTok, on the podcast, they can't help themselves. They got to get up in my face and argue with me. It never goes well for them, but they can't help themselves. They got to get in my face. And, you know, honestly, if I'm going someplace to have fun, I don't want to be fucking doing that. Yeah, it's uh, I I the last one of mine I went to was my 20 year reunion. Twenty five was four years ago and they're, they're starting to plan 30. But I, I, I went to 25. I was there for about 15 minutes. And I just like, I, you know what, <laughs> this is doing nothing for me. And I remember I got home and my wife's like, you're home already. I'm like, yeah, it was, it was bullshit. Like, cause when I walked in a guy I went to high school with, he had his uh, red great America, great make America great again hat. And I'm like, Oh, I see how this is going to go. And oh, he's got man. like, like he's holding court, he's holding court, you know, for like 10 people. I'm like, yeah, you know, I don't. And then I got to thinking, I'm like the people that I want to see from high school, I see them already. So, you know, like, that's it. I'm done. Well, I got my best friend from high school. He's a Trump humper. He lives probably a mile away from me. Never see him. Uh, the girl that I loved when I was in junior high school and high school, she, we dated for a little bit. We were friends forever. She's a very smart woman, and she's a journalist. 
And then I watch Facebook and she's a fucking Trump humper. Fuck. I don't want to yeah. talk to her again. I just I, I'm 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 just ashamed. And we have uh we had a sports reporter, uh, a woman sports reporter who was national but started out here locally. And she was really good and everybody liked her. Her name was Michelle Tafoya. Oh yeah, I know her. Okay, you know her? Yeah. Look up her Twitter account. Now that you're on Twitter, look up her account. She's a fucking Trump humper too. Now I've lost total respect for her. I couldn't watch anything she fucking does. Thank God she retired because I wouldn't watch a thing that she does. And it, 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 this is really exposing the deepest, darkest uh, flaws in people. And we're finally seeing them. That may be a good thing. You know, maybe maybe it's a good thing that these things have been brought to the surface so we can avoid those people that have hidden under the rocks or hidden what they truly believe. You know, I mean, you ever run into somebody who you'd be talking and you've known them for years, and then they make some racist comment, and you go, what the fuck was that? Oh, yeah. You grew yeah. up in the same place I grew up in. How could you possibly be racist? But they're out there. People are just simple-minded, and they they don't care about facts. I mean, on the flip side, though, it is kind of sad because we used to be able to talk politics with someone yeah. who didn't agree with us. But now it's like it's almost like you're – slapping them in the face with a with gloves and you're going to march 10 paces and have a duel i mean it's just like you know i even found that with like my own like family members like my own dad i can't even talk politics with him he gets so fired up and like how i'm wrong and yeah you know it's just it it's it's hard because i i enjoy talking politics with people but and i used to enjoy political debates but now it, it's it's not even debating anymore it's it's you're wrong and this is why you're wrong and I'm right. And I'm not going to listen to what you have to say. Well, my wife has a, a, a friend who don't claim to be Trump humpers, but they act like Trump humpers, you know? Oh, I don't think like, I don't like Donald Trump, but the shit they say does it. And we'd gone to see them. They live out of town. And uh, when I got back, I did a podcast and it kind of inspired me to talk about, those people in between, you have the hardcore Trump humpers, you have the liberals, and in the middle, you have the guys that lean Trump humpers, and, but they won't admit to it. I mean, a lot of them will do that nowadays. Well, I don't like Donald Trump, but I still hate black people, you know, that that, that kind of right. thing. And, and so this person has always said, oh, I don't listen to the news. I don't want to hear the negativity and stuff. Well, after we got back from this uh, this uh, visit and I did this podcast, I talked about a lot of the same things we talked about when we were down there. I wasn't identifying them at all. I didn't say anything about them. But somehow she heard the podcast and suggested she thought I was talking about them, which I wasn't. There was no point because nobody knows who they are. Why would I talk about them? I was talking generally. And my wife was mad at me. How could you do that? I go, wait a minute, wait a minute. This woman says she doesn't watch the news. She knows my personal Facebook, and none of this showed up on my personal Facebook. So she had to dig out my podcast under Rational Boomer, find out where that is, 
go to that podcast and listen to it, which is ironic from somebody who doesn't want to listen to the news and pick out something that she was offended by. I said, honey, she was looking. She doesn't like what I say. So now she's trying to find a reason to be mad at me. And fine, if she does, that's fine. I don't care. Well, she's been my oldest friend for whatever. I go, well, maybe you made the wrong choice because you feel the same way I do. You know, I have long-term friends I don't talk to because I know who they are now. I wouldn't have been their friends in the first place had I known. But but the thing is, is that's what I mean about Trumplifux. They're They're very aggressive. They won't let it go. They're like a dog with a bone. If you and I don't want to talk about politics, we could talk about football. We could talk about anything. But they can't let it go because it angers them that I say the things I do. And then they get passive aggressive. The same person would say, you know, I think Mike should probably settle down. He's going to have a heart attack. Well, I don't get that excited. My heart is healthy as fuck. My cholesterol levels are perfect. No, I'm not going to have a heart attack. You're just trying to find a way to stop me from doing something you don't like, and that's a problem for me. Other people have said, well, you swear too much. You should really cut out swearing. Somebody told that to my brother one time. Said One of his friends says, he swears too much. You should tell him to stop. My brother looked at him and he says, he has 190,000 followers on TikTok. I think he's got this handled. <laughs> he's going to do what the fuck he wants to do. And but, but the point is they will come at you in a passive-aggressive way to try to influence you to stop doing something they don't like. And frankly, that just encourages me to do it more. Oh, absolutely. But you, you wonder, you can't help but wonder, why are you offended? Because it's true? And yeah. you don't like being called out. I mean, is that is that what it is? Because it's. It, I think everybody has a, a you know to different levels of narcissism. Oh, absolutely. But the people who are more narcissistic are the ones that get offended when you call them out because it, it they don't like being told the truth. And it's like, oh no, it, it's 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 interesting to me. Well, they don't. Like, you could, it's not even about the truth. They don't like to be proved wrong. Right, yeah. That exactly. is the most devastating thing to them. If you can prove them wrong and they can't weasel out of it or lie about it or something, they're devastated. That's the worst thing you can do to a narcissist. Yeah, for sure. But it's, uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, I, I look back at the memories I have with, you know, friends of mine from high school that I, I look back and I'm like, well, we never would have been friends if I knew this is how you are. But I still like, well, we did have some good times when we were kids, but you, know, you obviously, you obviously went down a different path. Um, I would argue it's the wrong path, but you know, Hey, you know, well, be and you it was, and I'll be me. It was a different era too. I mean, like I, like I told Joel yesterday, I said sixties and seventies, fifties, sixties and seventies, or even before that racism was accepted. I mean, it was yeah. part of life. You don't like black people. Okay. Nobody does. I mean, that was the attitude. And it was ridiculous. It was ridiculous. But as I say, once you get older and you learn some lessons, it's like the guy who says, well, I drink too much and I beat my wife because my dad did it. Now, wait a minute. You get to a certain age and you realize what's right and wrong. You can make that choice. You're not forced in doing what your parents and grandparents did. You got to do the right thing and you make that choice. And so many people just just lean on, well, my family's like that, so I'm going to be like that, and I'm proud of it. Well, you shouldn't be, you motherfucker. 
And it, it even goes into religion too, when it comes to that, like, well, why do you believe that? Well, cause my parents did. And you know, it's, it, it's not an excuse to, and I think that ties into using that as an excuse to be the way you are. Like, I'm, I'm going to demean women and not allowed to abortion. I'm going to beat my wife because that's what my father did. And he's a practicing Catholic or whatever it is. And that just, it, they normalize it. And, you know, then it's people like, you know, like you, I mean, you easily could have been a racist the way you yeah, grew up. Absolutely. And, but you're like, well, wait a minute, that's fucked up. I'm not going to do that. No. <laughs> and I like to think that I've, done that as well i mean my my mom sounds like she's a lot like how your mom was and you know you know my dad i mean i love my dad but you know he does make comments he's like a typical old jewish guy like he uses the yiddish phrases you know he'll he'll be like uh he'll tell stories from when you know he's oh this the schwarzer comes up and i said dad you shouldn't say that well no it's fine It's, it's it's yiddish it's fine i said yeah but do you know what it means do you really know what it means (laughs) <laughs> and, you know, he's like, he's like, well, no, it's, it's nothing. It's just, it's just what you call a black person. I said, yeah, maybe it's what you did when the 1950s, but you know, it's not, it's not a word you should use now. And no, you know, uh, you know and, and, you know, my, 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 uh, my ancestors are Scandinavian and German mostly. So the terms they use are oofta. <laughs> you oh, betcha. Yeah. You betcha. Yeah. But my grandfather, yeah. my grandfather, who I, I had this experience and, you know, culture is different. When I was a little kid, my grandfather would tell me a story about a guy who was a junk collector, you know. And then one day I was, I told a story of how we were riding our bikes around this. And we went on this empty lot, which was a paper lot. And there was a guy, an old crabby old guy that tried to keep us off of it. And, 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 um, and. He chased us off one time. I jumped off my bike and I ran and I left my bike there. And he stopped me and he says, you better come get this bike or I'm going to give it to the sheeny. And my grandfather had said that word too. And I didn't even know what that fucking word means. I just thought it was the junk man. And I told this story on the air one time. Unfortunately, it didn't get me in trouble. But sheeny is actually a derogatory term for Jewish people. I didn't know that. Oh. I didn't know that either, and but, I'm Jewish. Yeah, <laughs> I, I know. know <laughs> I know. I know. You know, we're too young to know that. That, But that was part of the vernacular back in the 40s and the 30s and stuff. They referred to Jewish junk collectors because that was, you know, they had ragmen and junk collectors, yeah. and they called them these different, like like your father did, of black people. You know, Italians have names for, back in those days, had names for people of color. It, the point is, is back then it was just accepted. If you were in the '60s and you said the N-word, you know, if you were young, your mom might yell at you for swearing, but you wouldn't get canceled for it. So we've come a ways uh, with the things we say and our sensitivities. But if you went back in the '50s, '60s, '40s, millennials would be fucking appalled. The racism was rampant. Oh yeah, I mean, I I can remember as a kid, you know, family get-togethers whether it be Christmas, Hanukkah, Thanksgiving, whatever it was. I mean, the racial epitaphs were flying everywhere. And, you know, as a kid, you know, as a seven, eight-year-old kid, I'm hearing this stuff. And, well, it's obviously okay. Well, yeah. But, 
you know, it's, I, I just, I'm just thankful. I, I could have been totally different person and I'm thankful that I asked some questions and just like, wow, that's not okay. <laughs> I got the news on above me here on the TV and, and, and the sound is off obviously, but I just saw something come over the TV. This guy who went in to attack Nancy Pelosi's husband asked where Nancy Pelosi was, was looking for Nancy Pelosi, and now it's coming out that uh, he had posted multiple conspiracy theories on social media and, in fact, posted videos from my pillow founder, Mike Lundell, and COVID and January 6th conspiracy theories. So we know who this fucker is, where he comes yeah. from. Now the, the the important thing is to find out: Did he have help? Did he? I mean, because like you say, he got into a community that's probably fucking gated, a community that probably has high security. Now I understand the security always goes with Nancy; she wasn't there, so the security wasn't as heavy uh, for her husband. But there's got to be fucking security. I mean, these these people are multimillionaires living in a high end community. You can't tell me there's some security there. Right, yeah. And it's, it's interesting because I'm, I'm curious to see. I, I mean, no matter what happens, there's going to be the Trumplicans are going to be like, no, that's not what happened. He acted on his own. But, yeah, how did he get into that community? And I'm just reading something that came over. I mean, this is from three hours ago. But uh, Rand Paul posted on Twitter, no one deserves to be assaulted. Unlike Nancy Pelosi's daughter, who celebrated my assault, I condemn this attack and wish Mr. Pelosi a speedy recovery. <laughs> you know, it's like you got to get the dig in there. You know, it's like, I mean, I'm sorry, Rand Paul deserved to get the shit kicked out of him, but I mean, that's, that's yeah, I'm I, I'm mad at Rand Paul's uh, um, neighbor for that fight. He, he didn't go far enough. <laughs> he was <laughs> on, he, he, he he wasn't out long enough. I mean, when your neighbor kicks your ass, I, you know, I'm 62 years old. I've never even been close to having my neighbor kick my ass. Never once. And, and I'm kind of loud and in your face a little bit, but nobody's ever threatened to kick my ass. And as, as I've gotten older, I'm less of a physical threat. Yeah. And, and, and you really have to be a piece of shit if your neighbors want to kick, kick your ass. And it's, it's interesting too, because didn't Lauren Boebert, family have issues with their neighbors or oh yeah, yeah. Or, i mean it's like I'm, I'm sensing a common theme here is, is what you know <laughs> hey but, jim could i have a cup of sugar fuck you and kick them in the balls <laughs> right exactly <laughs> but i mean all, all kidding aside that yeah you, you it, it sounds like this guy is similar to the uh, the guy who attacked the ohio fbi headquarters right uh in cincinnati but it does absolutely beg the question how did he get access to nancy pelosi's house now i mean i uh, yeah but but you know what if the democrats were willing to do what the republicans would would do in this case whether he is a a, a loner that just did it on his own or whether somebody helped him or backed him up you would start spewing that that conspiracy theory in the narrative so everybody had it in their minds, whether it was true or not. Yeah, Donald Trump hired this guy personally and sent him to Nancy Pelosi's house. Probably not true, but if you say it loud enough and long enough, apparently there's some people that will fucking believe it. Yeah, oh, for sure. It, 100%. I mean, look at some of the shit that people have believed in the last six years. 
Yeah. So you say you say it enough, it becomes true. And this is certainly not going to be helpful in the midterms because, you know, anybody that votes for a Republican has to align themselves with people that support violence, overturning Roe v. Wade and um, overthrowing the government. You really want to be part of that? I, I have a feeling there's a lot of Republicans that don't feel comfortable being part of that fucking crowd. I just don't think they will. Yeah, I would hope so. I, I absolutely hope so. And, you know, if, like you said, if, if uh, Republicans get uh, back in power and the country goes to shit, well, that's what you voted for. That's what you wanted. So that's here right. we are. You get what you deserve. All right, Fred, we're going to wrap things up. I appreciate you coming by and uh, doing the show. Uh, clearly, after doing the show and as long as we did the show, <laughs> we didn't need Fred. We didn't need Ed. Yeah, Ed who? Ed who? Ed who? Ed will be back on the show sometime soon, assuming I can get him to remember to show up. It'll probably be next week at this point. Uh, but anyway, Fred, thank you for coming by and talking. Uh, we got a lot of stuff going on. It's always great to get some insight from somebody younger, somebody from uh, Illinois, uh, somebody who offers a different perspective, and I appreciate it immensely. Always a pleasure. Thanks for having me. All right. Well, thank you all for taking the time out of your day to sit and listen to the stuff I bring you here on the podcast. I hope you have a great day, and we will talk to you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.